Before we jump into this episode, I do just want to give a quick trigger and content warning. I will be mentioning sexual assault and sexual harassment, as well as body image issues. Those are things that are going to bother you. Proceed with caution. best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you are joining for the very first time. I am your host, Chelsea Brown, and uh, no pictures, please, because I blew up on TikTok this week, which means I am a celebrity, obviously. For me, blowing up on TikTok means I've gotten a few thousand views on a video that I posted, I usually get a couple hundred and it's pretty much just like for me messing around with the filters and stuff. So for me to blow up on TikTok, for like low-key blow up on TikTok is interesting. It's very interesting. So the video, if you care to watch it, it is on the Instagram page in the Reels tab and I also put it on my on my feed as well. The video is about my insecurities. So I love it for me that that was the one that blew up, not of course the ones where I am talking about things I actually want to blow whatever. <laughs> Anywho, what spurred me to make the video is in my endless scrolling on TikTok, I came across this video of a woman who was with her child. And she says, if you see this, can you please stitch this or comment and tell me about your insecurities? My child thinks that no one else is insecure. And me being an idiot, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my time to shine. There's no shortage of insecurities from me. So naturally, I'm like, how much time do you have, girl? Because I got you. I made a video and my intention or my thought really was that the the creator was going to see it, the original video person, and like my friends, and that was going to be it. But thousands of people have seen it now, and <laughs> the response has actually been largely positive. People saying, oh, I'm insecure about that too. It's nice for other people to talk about their insecurities, and even people sh- like sharing their own insecurities, things like that. So that's been really, really good and very interesting. Not to say... <laughs> Not to say that there have not been also some trolls, some or people trying to troll me, I think. The best comment, because I am dumb and I did read the comments, the best comment was that um, me and Peyton Manning would get along. And honestly, if there is a big forehead club, like I missed my invite, truly, because Rihanna's on there, Angelina Jolie, Peyton Manning, all these successful people and um where's my invite like i'll I'll take it i I would love i would love to surround myself with successful people so there's always going to be people on the internet who just kind of want to you know be mean but we're going to talk about it today i was thinking even with the positive responses how many people think just like that child in the video that no one else feels insecure that the person that you look up to or someone that you admire in your life also doesn't feel insecure about something, you know? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about all kinds of insecurities and, of course, my trauma because I I apparently love airing that out on the podcast. But before we get into that, we are going to do a mental health check like we always do. 
on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best, I am at about a four. I have been really tired lately. I've been struggling to get motivated with my work. I'm beating myself up about being productive. And it's just like a vicious cycle. I have a friend who's like going through this, through some relationship troubles. She called me the other day and just kind of unloaded. And I was under the impression that she needed help to get out of the relationship. And I was willing, obviously, to provide that for her. But now she's not. And it's truly, I mean, you can do whatever you want in your relationship. It's your relationship. It has nothing to do with me. I think I'm really just just worried about my friend, you know? Like, I don't want her to be in the situation that she's in, but she is a grown woman and she can make her own decisions. So, I just kind of need to let go (laughs) and just let it be because it will work itself out and I'll be there for her when she needs me. So, at about a four, could be better. I think I will try to go to bed early again tonight. I went to bed early last night, but just ended up laying awake till like 1230. So, love that for me. But, you know, four ain't bad. I will take a four any day. And next, let's talk about, of course, my book, TV show, or movie of the week. And this week, it's going to be a book. You know I joined Book of the Month Club, and I'm loving it so far. I just got a new book in the mail, um, and I just finished one of last month's books because I ordered a couple. The one that I finished and that I'm going to be reviewing for you guys today is Vladimir by Julia Mae Jones. So (laughs) give this one a chance, right? Because the cover looks like any like typical romance cover. It is a headless dude's torso and he's, his shirt is splayed open. He has like a little chest hair and whatever, golden tan skin, very typical romance, right? However, I will say that this book is not at all a typical romance. It's about a woman whose husband, a college professor at the same liberal arts college that she teaches at, is under investigation for inappropriate relationships with his students. So while all of that is going on, she becomes infatuated with a man named Vladimir, who is the husband of a woman who has recently transferred to the college to teach. So it's all kind of intertwined, very chaotic, but it's also kind of a reflection of real life, I think. So it deals with issues like aging, desirability as you age, and kind of gray areas within relationships. So I thought it was very interesting. It's very, like, literary. I wouldn't say that it's what you would typically find on the top of the New York Times bestseller list, but I do think that it could be up for literary awards because of the way that it is written, and it's kind of like an offbeat story. I also thought the narrator was sharp. Her way of telling the story was very, very sharp, but I also thought that she wasn't super likable, to be quite honest with you, but that also made me like the book more. I feel like a lot of authors sometimes put pains into making sure that their narrator is likable, and frankly, I don't like everybody I meet, so it's unrealistic for you to always have a likable narrator. So the fact that I didn't really like the narrator and I actually kind of grew to like her toward the end, I think that that says a lot about the book. And something weird that I wasn't really expecting is that it was kind of like 
inspirational from a writer's perspective. It's not inspirational like it's telling you, you can do it, you can be a great writer. Definitely not. It's not any of that at all. It is kind of a bleak view of what it is to be a writer. But the way that it's written were, I don't know, just the word choices, the sentence structures, the way the story is told, all of that made me want to go write something. And it's not that the author was being like precious about it. It's just like, you know what? Being a writer really freaking sucks. But here are all these beautiful sentences and all of those kind of served as like writing prompts for me and have helped push me forward on the book that I'm writing. So for that, if you're a writer, I would highly recommend this book. Overall though, I will give it four stars out of five. It did drag on a bit in the middle and the ending was like way out of left field and just felt like the author wanted to wrap it up really quick. It was an enjoyable read, don't get me wrong, but if you are particular about how books end, this might be one that you're like, okay, what the heck just happened? So just bear that in mind. I would recommend it for anyone looking for an offbeat romance novel. Okay, so (laughs) with all of that being said, let's jump into the topic at hand, which is insecurities. Every single one of us is insecure about something. I would bet good money that Beyonce is insecure about something, whatever that is. You know, the most powerful men and women on the planet are insecure about something. So why are we beating ourselves up about being insecure? I think that we keep our insecurities close to our chests. At least I do. So I don't draw anyone's attention to it. You know, I, uh, so in the video, in the TikTok video, I said, so let's start with the obvious that I have a gigantic forehead the size of freaking Montana. And it's true. Like, let's be honest. I have a big forehead. Five head, six head, I don't know. But I usually don't mention anything about it because I don't want anyone to look at it and be like, oh yeah, you're right, you know? (laughs) But it's true. It's true. And I feel like talking about what you're insecure about really takes the power out of it. So when that person made the Peyton Manning comment, it's just like... You know, that's funny. I'll give you that one. Rather than it ruining my whole day. I genuinely, I could not possibly care less about what anybody commented negatively in the comments of that video. Because I'm like, okay, and? Like, yes, I have a big forehead. Yes, I'm insecure about my body. Like, okay. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what else you want me to say about it. And the fact that you're like, that forehead though, like, okay, I already said that let's move on. You know what I mean? So for me, talking about it, even though I've held it so close and I really don't want to tell anyone because I'm very insecure and whatever, honestly, talking about it and posting a video on the freaking internet for everyone to see has really taken the power out of that insecurity for me. I'm like, okay, and I have a big forehead. So like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not worried about it. And I, that, Truly, for me, someone who has been ruled by insecurity, it feels like, for 29 years of my life, I am 29, if you didn't know, who's been ruled by this insecurity, I'm, I'm over it. 
And honestly, I'm like, man, maybe I should air out more of my insecurities. Let's talk about my body hair. Like, let's <laughs> let's start there. I don't know my ethnicity. I could be Italian. I could be Hispanic. I don't know. I am a hairy ethnicity. I, I mean, it just is what it is, you know? So talking about it really did take the power out of it for me. So if you are also insecure about something and you feel comfortable talking about it or joking about it, I encourage you to do so. It genuinely worked for me. And honestly, what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is you are still just as insecure. You know? All of that being said, the hateful comments don't bother me. But, like, why? You know? Like, why did you take the time out of your day to be like, ooh, let me come up with the best burn I can think of. Oh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning has a big forehead. I'm going to write that. That's so good. That's going to get her. It's like, bro, <laughs> what is, what's the plan, Phil? You know, what is the idea here? My best guess is that the people who post hateful comments, who hide behind no profile picture, private account, you know the person that I'm talking about, who comes on your TikTok page or your Instagram or whatever social media and leaves hateful crap, that person is the most insecure of all because they have to hide, try to tear you down in order to feel better about themselves. And honestly, that's just, that's sad. That's really sad because I have said mean things to people. Like I've said things in the heat of the moment and things that Maybe I meant, but I didn't really want to say it, you know? It's just not a nice thing to say. Don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all, you know? But I've said mean things in the past, and I feel horrible about it. And even if it was something that I meant, hey, man, I'm sorry. I really shouldn't have said that. I really apologize. This is kind of what I was trying to say. And I feel like if you're somebody who genuinely feels better by bringing someone else down, I think that that's something that maybe you need to work on, right? You are seeking power in this aspect of your life because you don't have it in other aspects. And there are better ways to gain power, to be honest with you, that have nothing to do with other people, you know? Taking ownership and agency of your own life, pursuing your own career, working on your fitness goals, journey, whatever, performing service for other people, whatever the case may be, I think that there are millions of other ways to gain power and control over your life that have absolutely nothing to do with leaving horrible comments on the internet. Okay, that's, I mean, just my, my opinion, my perspective. But back to the point at hand, why are we insecure? I've already said that I believe every single person on the planet is insecure about something. Find the most powerful person or most popular person you can think of, and that person is insecure. I remember watching the D'Amelio show on Hulu, and it gave kind of an insight into Charlie D'Amelio and her family, and it was interesting to see from an outsider's perspective looking in how insecure these girls are. And they're, I mean, they're young girls, and their family is still, is insecure about some things as well, and Charlie D'Amelio has, what, hundreds of millions of followers on TikTok, but she still has insecurities, even though she's arguably one of the most popular personalities right now. I mean, fine, like, world leaders. I bet you anything that these world leaders have insecurities. But why? I have three, three theories, okay? The first one is comparison. 
I think we are all comparing our bodies and our achievements to other people's bodies and achievements. And only when we perceive ours to be greater or better are we worthy. Just, just let that sink in. Only when we perceive ours to be greater or better than someone else are we worthy. Worthy of what? It's up to you, right? Worthy of attention, worthy of love, worthy of time, worthy of affection. Whatever it is that you are seeking, you're also seeking validation and approval saying that, yes, you can have this thing. You are good enough for this thing. And I feel like this is so, so dangerous because you are placing your self-worth in the hands of somebody else, right? Your worth is based upon how someone else looks or how someone else is doing. That's not, that's not okay. That is a very, very slippery slope because I don't have control over that. I don't have any control over what someone looks like or what they do, how they perform, what they achieve. I have no control over that. The only thing that I can control is what I do. And instead of also focusing on your appearance, which is, uh, I will be the first to say, this is something I struggle with really bad. This is really something I struggle with. It's also still placing your worth in someone else's hands because you're not, oh, am I attractive to me, right? It's, am I attractive to the world? Am I fitting in this societal standard of what beauty is, of what attractiveness is, of what a successful person is? I heard this on a podcast I was listening to this morning. It was a mini episode from Call Her Daddy with Mel Robbins. And she said something like, focus instead on how you feel about yourself, right? So let's say that I am pursuing my writing, which I am doing. How does that make me feel about myself? That makes me feel good. I like to write. I enjoy telling stories. Are they always the best stories? No, but even that statement there, right? I'm like, okay, well, I need to pull it back. I can't sound, you know, too confident because then other people are gonna look at me a certain way. Shut up, self, shut up, shut up, focus on how you feel. I like to write. It's enjoyable for me. I like the puzzle of trying to figure out how all these events fit together and I can put a nice little bow on it at the end. I love that. It fills me up. But what takes away from it for me is when I think about putting my story out there into the world. Because then I'm relying on somebody else to tell me if this thing is good enough, rather than reframing this, right? I can still publish it or send it out to agents or whatever and completely remove myself from the outcome, remove myself from my expectations of the outcome. I think the quote is, expectation is the thief of joy. Maybe it's comparison, but we're gonna stick with expectation because it goes with what I'm trying to talk about here. So, when you expect for something to go a certain way, the reality doesn't really always fit your expectations. So just detach yourself from whatever the outcome's going to be. Just be like, you know what? I'm going to send this out to agents and it's going to be what it's going to be. I have done 100% of what I can do. I have been through edit after edit with this stupid book. I'm tired of reading it because I've edited it, edited it 
because I have done so many edits <laughs> on this book. I'm tired of reading it and I'm just sending it out. I've done everything that I can do and we'll just see what happens. Genuinely remove yourself from your expectation of what you believe should happen or is going to happen. Just see how different you feel. Because honestly, talking myself through that, I already feel so much better about sending this thing out to agents again. Because I've been like cycling in my mind and thinking about all the people who have sent their book out to agents and they had an offer from a major publishing house within the week. And that's just not the reality for me. That's not my journey. And I need to stop comparing myself to other people and just let my journey be what it is. It doesn't make my journey any less than or any worse or any suckier. Like, it doesn't make it anything. It just is, you know? So, I need to stop doing that. I need to focus on how it feels to me. And honestly, sending a completed manuscript off to agents feels amazing. And I'm going to stick with that. Okay, second theory about why we're so insecure. I think that some insecurities just stem from anxiety. I am insecure about my work, which I was literally just talking about. This is clearly on my mind. I think that I have to convince everyone that I'm good at this. I feel like I, I, might, I might suck. I might suck at this. You know what I mean? Even though I have quantifiable proof that I'm good at this. Like, I am paid to write for certain companies. I've been commissioned for work that I have done specifically written by me, not looking for someone else. Someone approached me and had me write for them. So I'm like, girl, hello, you're getting this validation and yet you're still feeling like you can't do this and like you have to prove to everyone that you can do it. Why? Well, because of my trauma, okay? I have childhood trauma, which I will not, I will not get into specifics, okay? But I felt like I was constantly trying to prove myself that I was enough and that I was trying to prove to my caretakers that I was enough, that I was good enough, that I was successful enough, that I was smart enough, that I am smart enough to be loved unconditionally. And maybe that's sad, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's traumatic, but it's the truth. And the things that you learn in childhood, regardless of if you know in your head, in your mind, in your heart right now that those things are not true, that you don't need to be worthy of love or prove yourself to be worthy of love, that's still something that you grew up with, right? And that is going to influence your actions. I have been to therapy. I've been working on it. It still influences my actions. You might also have trauma that reinforces beliefs about yourself. So, for example, uh, I am insecure about my body and I am insecure about the fact that I literally don't know how to dress myself in anything besides like athletic wear. You know, I, I just feel very, very uncomfortable in anything that's not like sweats, t-shirts, jeans, and leggings. Like that's pretty much it. And leggings, trust me, are like a relatively new development in my fashion repertoire. When I was younger, when I was like 13, I developed at 13 and I grew to my full height. I'm 5'4". I've been 5'4 since I was 13. And that was very painful, by the way. I shot up like a foot and a half. And I developed in, like, my body became a woman's body. And I was 
like that at 13. And so often I was sexualized at 13 and people would make comments about my butt or my breasts or whatever. And it was just like, I felt like, I felt very uncomfortable with these comments. And even more so when I faced instances of being assaulted at 13 years old, of being harassed throughout my whole life. And I'm just like, okay, so if I just wear like a loose t-shirt, I wear just jeans, they're not super, super tight, they're like fitted, but you know, just enough. If I wear these clothes, then I am protecting myself from future assault, right? Because I was assaulted in gym class, as crazy as that is. Um, And at the time I was wearing these like short shorts and a tight t-shirt because that's like what we were given for gym class. And I had grown a lot. And because of that, all of my clothes were too small, including my school assigned gym clothes. So even though the boys who did this to me were removed from the class, were punished, whatever, I was also reprimanded like, well, you should have come to me and told me that your clothes were too small, even though like freaking everybody can see this, right? Like this is not breaking news. But it was also put on me that I need to be more cognizant of what I look like to boys and men, which is like a whole other conversation. But the thing that I'm talking about now is this insecurity with my body. I am still uncomfortable in skirts and dresses and shorts. Uh, I live in Texas, so, you know, you kind of got to do what you got to do with, like, shorts and dresses and skirts because it is so freaking hot in the summer. But that's an example of me having trauma that reinforces this belief, right? Because I was already, as I'm developing, getting these comments, and then I'm assaulted, and then I'm told that your body is wrong and that's why this happened, not because these boys are wrong. You know, the boys will be boys and all that crap. Like, I don't even get me started on the boys will be boys thing. The thing is that I felt that I had to protect myself. And so now I am insecure about those things. Am I getting better as I get older? Absolutely. You know, I'm kind of maturing, I think, and I'm just growing to accept myself more. Like, this is your body. You have one body. You just kind of gotta, you gotta take care of it. You don't have to love it, okay? But you do have to take care of it because it is the only one that you get. So, I'm, I'm getting there, baby steps. And you also might have similar trauma to me or, or very different trauma that is reinforcing some belief that you have about yourself and subconsciously or consciously, those things are, are just ingrained in you. And so it's, it's difficult not to be insecure about those things. My final theory about why we as a collective are insecure is that we are chasing perfection. This is something that haunts me. I feel like I am constantly striving for perfection, even though it completely flat out does not exist. I could never write the perfect book I can never write the perfect sentence. It can always be improved, you know? And that just kills me because I want it to be perfect. I can never eat a certain way or work out a certain way to have the perfect body. 
because as we've talked about before, uh, the perfect body doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Something that I live by is that if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. If something seems perfect, it's probably fake. So this is something I try to remind myself of, especially seeing on social media where we have Facetune and Photoshop and all these people looking like perfection. I can't tell you how many times I have just been (laughs) scrolling social media and like not seeing texture on anyone's skin because it's photoshopped. My skin is very textured. I have pores, dry skin, acne, like you name it. I have very textured skin. So not seeing that anywhere can also reinforce the belief that you are the only person that has it. When you're seeing these these perfect careers and these perfect lives, know that you're only seeing half the story. If half, might be even a third of the story, quarter of the story, but you're not seeing the whole thing because the whole thing, no one has a perfect life, you know? Everyone has their own stuff that they're going through, their own demons, and to chase just the good that you see on social media or or your perception of what someone's life is, is just a fool's errand. And you are never going to be perfect, which is something that is really hard for me to say because I still want to be perfect. Truthfully, that is probably some more trauma and I I think <laughs> I think I'm good on airing my trauma for today. But just remember that perfectionism is a fool's errand. Perfection does not exist. Chasing perfection, just just don't do it. Save yourself the heartache. The last thing that I want to leave us with is that I really want to remove the notion from our minds that being insecure means that we cannot also have confidence or put ourselves out there. I am physically insecure. I am insecure about my writing, but I still leave the house. Okay, I still let people perceive me and I still put my writing out there. I still put words on the page every day. So don't let being insecure mean that you you can't do the thing that you're shooting to do. I also want to stress that I freaking hate the phrase, you can't love someone else until you love yourself. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. It perpetuates this idea that because I'm insecure or because I haven't reached my peak form or whatever, that I am unworthy of love. That is false. I am insecure about a lot of things and I am still worthy of love, regardless of whether or not I believe it. I am still worthy. Me believing something or not believing something does not make it true or false. So just because you are insecure Just because you feel badly about something, about your career, or your life, or your family, or your body, or whatever, that does not mean that you are unworthy of love. And just because you don't love yourself does not mean that you cannot love someone else. And to be quite honest, I feel like turning your attention outwards is a great way to not focus on the insecurity and live a better life. The bottom line, everyone has something they're insecure about but your insecurities do not have to define you. And 
on that note, we are about at the end of our time together. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I cannot stress enough how much it really, really helps me get the word out about this podcast. To stay up to date and even participate in future episodes, follow the podcast on Instagram at YourSoQuietPod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. And just because I am a giving kind of person, if you've stayed till the end, I will tell you that I have a special treat coming up hopefully next week for you, and it will be our very first guest on the show. If you want to guess who the guest is, my DMs are open. I'm looking forward to seeing your guesses. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.